Well, good evening. It is time for our Bible study. Sorry we didn't get it posted up last week, but we had uh, some internet troubles. But here we are this week. We're continuing in 1 Corinthians. Uh, this week we'll be in chapter 7, verses 36 through 40. I think we'll get through this pretty quickly. Before we get to it, though, let us pray uh, and ask the Lord to uh, be merciful to us and give us grace as we read his word. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you so much for your word. It is holy and righteous. And we, we ask that you allow us the grace to humble ourselves up underneath it, Lord, to receive from you what you would have for us. Open our hearts and minds and give us wisdom as we read it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, so let's uh, read the text. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 36, Paul says, If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong, and it has to be, let him do as he wishes, let them marry. It is no sin. But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control, and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So then he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Yet in my judgment, she is happier if she remains as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. Much of this is kind of a, a recap um, of some of the issues that Paul has already addressed and that we've already covered in some of the previous sessions. So, like I said, I, I think we will probably get through this pretty quickly. It's just, um, there's a couple things that he points out that he's addressing that is kind of new, but by and large, he's reiterating some things. So he says in 36, if anyone thinks he has not behaved or is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong, if it has to be, let him do as he wishes, let them marry, it is no sin. And I'm going to go ahead and do 37 too, because these kind of go together. Well, they, they do go together. But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control, and his is, has determined this in his heart, to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. He who marries does well, he who refrains from marriage does even better. So all this, this right here, um, this section where he's talking about betrothed and getting married and maybe not getting married, um, there's some debate about who the audience is. Um, um, so let's just, let me see if I can, here we go, betrothed. This word here in other translations is rendered as virgin. And here's the thing, in the, in the Greek, it's kind of a, a non-gender specific word. So it can be used to be either a man or a woman who is not married. So an unmarried man or woman. So here's the, here's the debate over this particular section right here. When Paul says, if anyone thinks he is not behaving properly, who is the anyone? Now, with the way that the English Standard Version, which is the, the version that we're reading, with the way that this renders this as betrothed, we are inclined to see this as the young man who is engaged to or betrothed to the young woman. However, uh, that is a, a judgment call 
really in the translation. Now there is some evidence that would that would make some people lean towards rendering it as betrothed, but then there's also evidence that would make them lean towards rendering it as just uh, his his virgin. So the question then becomes: Is this this word anyone? Who is he talking about? Is it the father of the young man or woman? Or are we talking about the young man? The thing is, we really don't know. It makes sense either way. But what we don't know is if Paul is talking to fathers of young men and young women who would be offering them up for marriage or giving their blessing or withholding their blessing for marriage, or is he talking about young men who are engaged to young women and these young men do not want to get married or they want to get married in, you know, so it, either way, it makes sense what Paul's saying. I just want to point out the the different renderings that, that are possible with this this passage so that you can see. I mean, it, it makes sense either way, but it, it does have a certain a different connotation depending on how you how you take it. So if anyone here's what we know from the outset, this if if anyone. Um, so Paul is making this a a judgment call. Look at that. If anyone, and look at this, thinks. So we're going to say this is a personal judgment that has a condition. If, if you think that you're not behaving properly. Now, here he's not speaking about any kind of um, immoral behavior. Not immoral. He's talking about whether you're being just or wise or fair, especially, so to look at it from the, the perspective of a father, are you being fair in denying your daughter or your son the right or the ability to get married? Uh, from the perspective of a young man who wants to be married, um, are, you, are you doing right by your betrothed? Are you doing right by your family? Are you, and if we look at verse 37, are you firmly established in your heart that it is you don't need to be married? So the question about here about behaving properly is are you being are you sure about what you're doing and are you being fair to the other party? Oftentimes people, you know, they didn't get engaged like we do today. They were promised to one another. It was a is a contractual agreement. Sometimes it was a financial arrangement between families um, to uh, to get them together. So um, either way, if, if we're talking to the young men and the young women, or if we're talking to the fathers of these young men and women, the, the principle is the same. Um, if you feel like you must, then, then get married. There is, and this, this is important, what he says here. It is no sin. It's not sin to be married. And there was some Again, remember from the previous sessions, there was some teaching about that, that, well, you, we want to avoid sexual morality uh, of, of any kind, so you better not get married because, you know, marriage involves sex. And Paul comes in and says, You're, you guys are crazy about this because marriage is a shield against that sort of thing. So he says, if you're, if you're a person who has not been gifted like, like I am, like Paul has, in the, the gift of celibacy, to be single, then by all means, get married. And dads, don't withhold your children from being able to be married. You know, look back in Genesis. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Marriage was, was a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing in the eyes of God. 
But Paul said, look, it's up to you. If anyone thinks, and down here, whoever is firmly established and is not necessary, but having a desire, his desire is under control and has determined in his own heart. So you have established it. You've, you've got this gift and you're okay to be single and to not be married. Then, then fine, you, you will do well to stay single. So then, and Paul continues, he who marries his betrothed does well. <laughs> so it's like 50-50. You do well if you get married, and you do well if you, you refrain from marriage. And Paul, we know what Paul said in, in the previous sessions. He said, you know, anyone who gets married, who takes a spouse, has worldly trouble. That's why it says here you do even better because you avoid worldly trouble. Trouble by staying single. Now, this is going to be for the guy or the girl who, again, is gifted in this area to stay single. I mean, um, most people, and Paul would probably acknowledge that most people are not uh, gifted in such a way. Most people need one another. Iron sharpens iron. A marriage is a a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing for discipleship of one another and accountability of one another. And uh, so when Paul says you'll do even better, he's coming at it from the standpoint, if you remember from the last session that we had, of, of keeping your mind focused on serving God. Because whoever is married, you have to now you got to worry about your spouse and you, you're concerned with worldly things and not only godly things. And um, so that's that's the context of where that comes from, that they'll do even better because Paul says that, you know, you won't have that uh, uh, distraction if you are if you are single. Um, but that, again, is the person who has been gifted with singleness and the ability to not have these these desires to be determined in his own heart to not have those desires. So here's the kind of new element that Paul introduces. He goes back and he starts talking uh, about widows. And those who are um, who have lost uh, a spouse uh, to death. So he says, a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. Before we go any further, I want to say a lot of people will read this here and say, well, Paul is putting a lot of restrictions on women. Um, but here's the thing. Paul is specifically, remember, he comes to this letter answering specific questions that the Corinthians have sent him. And so there is a, we can take from that, that there is a specific issue that has been brought up or a specific question about a, a wife uh, who lost her husband and wants to get remarried and they don't know what to do about that. Because marriage is a lifelong contract. Marriage is a lifelong vow. And so Paul is trying to clarify here that a, a wife is not bound to her husband if he's dead. He's a, she's only bound to him as long as he lives. And in the earlier, earlier passages, he said that if they are separated, then, then, then the, the separated party should live as if they are um, should stay that way. They shouldn't get remarried. They should seek reconciliation. And as long as the other party is alive, they should seek reconciliation. 
This does not mean that a man is allowed to get married if his ex-wife is still living. I mean, Paul is, again, addressing a specific question. So the opposite of this would be true, that a, a man is bound to his wife as long as she lives. But if they're dead, then they're free to marry whoever. They're not bound to each other uh, in the afterlife. So the, in the stipulation that Paul puts on that marriage is only one stipulation if the spouse is, if the ex-spouse or the spouse is dead and the living one wants to get remarried, the only stipulation that Paul says is that it must be in the Lord, only in the Lord. And what that means is not to be unequally yoked. If you're going to get remarried, don't don't marry a pagan. Marry a Christian. Don't marry a heathen. Marry someone who is a believer. And he addressed all that. That's kind of a recap from what he's already covered. Um, and then he says, he <laughs> finishes up in verse 40, yet in my judgment, just to reiterate, guys, you're happier if you remain as you are. You're happier if you stay single. If, you're, if your spouse passes away, he says, I, I think you'd just be better off to stay single. Yes, you can get married if you want to, and if you feel that's what you've got to do, go for it. Just make sure that you're marrying another believer. But in my judgment, Paul says, you, you'd be better off. You'd be happier if you just stayed single. So Paul, he leaves the door open, but he says, I just think that you would be, you'd be happier if you stay single. And, and the reason for that, again, goes back to what he said in the previous passages about keeping all of your attention on serving the Lord. And someone who is married has a divided attention. So, and then Paul qualifies, and I too think I have the Spirit of God. In other words, I, I think I know, I have a little bit to say about this. I've got the Spirit of God in me, and I have authority to speak on this subject. So that's, that's you know, that's Paul's take. This And again, when we first came into this little bit of passages, uh, I was clear to let you know this is not a full theology of marriage. You know, we, we get that elsewhere in the Bible. Paul is addressing specific questions. And uh, he's got more to say about it later, but for right now, this is what he had to say about marriage. This has been fun, and we'll move on to foods and, and things that we eat next week in chapter 8. So uh, God bless you guys. I love you, and I uh, can't wait to see you on Sunday. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.